impersonating someone else can be a form of entertainment, as in the case of many who make their money impersonating some famous person like Elvis Presley and others like that. But impersonating someone can also be a criminal act, as in the case of impersonating a police officer. But there is another kind of impersonation that isn't entertaining, nor is it really against the law, but it is the most dangerous kind of imitation, and that is pretending to be a Christian when one is not. Just this week, I read about such a uh, situation. I read about a Jewish woman in Israel who pretended to be a believer in Jesus as the Messiah. And so she joined a messianic congregation just so she could get in, the, get in on the inside and write an article about what it was like to be amongst Jewish believers in Israel and be a part of a messianic church. In fact, she was so good at this masquerade, and she got out because she thought she might be converted. But she was so good at this masquerade that no one in the church suspected that she was pretending. Now, folks, back in the first century, Jude, in his little book, tells us that there were many pretenders who came into the church impersonating true believers, fitting right into the life of of the church. And Jude wrote his letter, and I invite you to turn there. He wrote his letter for the purpose of warning the true believers in that church or in those churches. We're not sure if it's a single church or more than one. He warns the true believers about those who had infiltrated their ranks and we're now posing a threat to them spiritually. Now, why would they pose a threat to genuine Christians in their spiritual lives as to warrant an inspired letter? Well, verse 4 tells us in general why they posed a threat. Verse 4, Jude says, For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, means crept into your churches unnoticed, those who were long before marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in this statement, Jude tells us in general why these men were so dangerous. He says, number one, they were ungodly in character. Number two, he says they were distorting the grace of God, teaching that God's grace allowed people to do whatever they wanted. That's what it means, licentiousness or a license to sin. And number three, they were denying the rightful place of Jesus Christ as the sovereign Lord over their lives. Now, that's in general. That sort of sets the tone for this letter. They were ungodly. They distorted the grace of God and they denied Christ as the sovereign one. But as we've progressed in our study of Jude, we've also seen a number of truths about these pretenders who I've been calling apostates because theologically that's what they are. They have departed or apostatized from the faith that they once claimed to believe. Now, Jude has told us, as I said, a number of truths about these apostates. He's told us in verses 5 through 8 that they will be judged by God just as the rebellious Israelites in the Old Testament who wandered throughout the wilderness for 40 years, were judged. 
they will be judged by God just as fallen angels have been judged by God. They will be judged by God just as the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities were judged by God. That's in verses 5 through 8. He speaks there, judgment is sure. We also know from Jude that these pretenders also did some things, some horrible things like defiling their flesh, apparently some sensuality issues. They rejected authority and they slandered angels, probably because angels are identified with the law of God. Verse 8 says, yet in the same way, these men also by dreaming defile the flesh and reject authority and revile angelic majesties. We also know, based on verse 11, certain characteristics of apostates and how similar similar they are to some very infamous Old Testament characters who are also apostates. For example, verse 11 tells us that they are like Cain. Notice verse 11 says, Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. The way of Cain is to deny the message of salvation by, by grace. Cain brought his own works to God. So apostates deny the message of salvation by grace alone. All apostates do that. They all do that. They deny the gospel of grace. Secondly, he says they are like Balaam. Notice again, verse 11. And for pay, they have rushed headlong into the error of Balaam. Like Balaam, the Old Testament pagan soothsayer, they are greedy for money. And Balaam wanted money to curse Israel. And they're just like that. They are greedy for money. That's why they do what they do. And third, he says they are like Korah. They are rebellious against spiritual leadership. Verse 11 says, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Korah led a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. Remember, and the ground opened up and swallowed him and many others. So that's the way apostates are. Now, in our last study of Jude, which really was over a month ago. It was actually the end of September. We began to look at the subject of why these pretenders are so dangerous to God's people in a specific way. There's some generalities that Jude has told us, but now he's going to tell us why specifically they are dangerous for you and for me and for all believers. And I want to read to you again verses 12 through 13. Jude says, these are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved Forever. Now, in these two verses, Jude gives us some very vivid pictures of apostates. And notice they're, they're all taken from the world of nature. They're all taken from the world of nature, specifically the sea, the sky and land. Using some very eloquent and very lively language, Jude gives us five word pictures that give us a glimpse into why apostates are so dangerous and pose a significant threat to born-again believers like us. Now, we've already, if you can think back to September, I think it was September 28th, we've already studied two of these word pictures. First, Jude tells us that apostates, pretenders, are like hidden reefs. 
He says that at the beginning of verse 12. These are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feast when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, so forth. They are hidden reefs, meaning that like large hidden rocks in the water that wreck ships, any ship that that hits it or hits these reefs. So apostates can shipwreck the faith of believers. And the way they were doing this in the church that Jude has in mind was that they were carrying on shameful deeds as they met supposedly for the Lord's Supper. He calls it in your love with your love feast. But in the early days of the New Testament, a love feast was sort of a potluck dinner that was combined with the Lord's Supper. So they were meeting for the Lord's Supper and this love feast, but carrying on shameful Apparently sexually shameful deeds. We know that because we went back last time into Second Peter, which talks about the shameful deeds that these apostates engaged in during mealtimes, spiritually, supposedly spiritually um, type, a spiritual type of meals with God's people. So why are apostates so dangerous? Because they desire to involve you in gaining pleasure for themselves. According to Jude 12, these men care only for themselves. Look at verse 12 again. There are men who are hidden reefs in your love feast when they feast with you without fear. They have no fear, no shame, caring for themselves. These men care only for themselves, no one else, and they will use you if it brings them pleasure in any way they can. The second word picture that we've already seen that Jude uses to describe why apostates are so dangerous. Number two, he says not only are they hidden uh, reefs, but they are clouds without water. Verse 12 goes on to say, clouds without water carried along by winds. Now, essentially what Jude means is that like clouds that look very promising in the sense that they are bringing water to a dry land, but once they come, then they go carried away by these winds. You see that they're empty. They, they don't deliver what they promise. So these men are just like that. Apostates are like that. They, they make promises. They look promising. They say some things of, of bold promises and bold statements to people in the church, claiming to have answers and solutions for people's problems. But like clouds without water, they only disappoint you because they have nothing to offer you of any substance. They have no real answers. And they can't help anybody with their problems. Like empty clouds, they just leave people disappointed. That's all. So don't be deceived by smooth-talking teachers who have all style but no substance. That's what these men were like. Any religious teacher who deviates from the Word of God in his teaching, which is what all apostates do, will lead you astray. And that appears to be exactly what Jude means when he speaks of these men as carried along by winds. In other words, these men are carried off course by winds of doctrine from the Word of God, and anyone who follows their teaching will be led astray with them. Now, this is where we left off in our study back in September. And so having looked at, at two word pictures describing these apostates from the world of nature, we now proceed to look at the final three word pictures. And the third word picture that Jude gives us that describes why apostates are so dangerous is he tells us that they are like dead, fruitless trees. Verse 12 continues by saying, Autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted. All those words go together with this description. Autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, 
uprooted. Now, what does Jude mean by this? Well, he compares these men who had infiltrated the church, claiming to know Christ, but denying the gospel, behaving in an ungodly manner. He calls them, he compares them to autumn trees that have no fruit. What does he mean by this? Well, trees in the autumn, usually, Florida, this doesn't count, but trees in the autumn lose their leaves and they become bare and dry. And as winter approaches, they bear no fruit. Now, all trees, as I said, except if you live in our climate, all trees in autumn give the appearance of being dead, even though they still may have life in them. They all look dead. They just look dead. And if they do have life, if they do, they will eventually show it by producing fruit at the right season. But the trees that Jude compares apostates to don't just give the appearance of being dead. They are dead. They're really dead because apostates are spiritually dead men. And that's what Jude means. That's why Jude goes on to speak of these men. He calls them doubly dead. They're not just dead spiritually, but they're doubly dead. And I take it that that what he means by this is that he's indicating not only are these men spiritually dead, meaning that they have never been born again, so they are still lost and dead in their transgressions and sins. They are unregenerate men. But also, these men were doomed, like all unbelievers, to experience the second death which the Bible refers to as being cast into the lake of fire or hell. Now, I'd like you to just see this. If you'll turn to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 20, it's defined for us. This is not something we even have to wonder about. Revelation chapter 20, verse 14 says this, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Now, this is talking about at the great white throne judgment, judgment which, which comes after the 1,000-year reign of Christ on earth, there will be a sentencing of unbelievers, those who have never repented, and all apostates are included in this, and so they are sentenced into hell or the lake of fire, which is the second death. And that seems to be why Jude goes on to refer to these men. Notice he says that they are up rooted. It's the imagery again of a tree, doubly dead, pulled up by the roots. I take it that what he means is that that these men are doomed for judgment. Why do I say that? Because there is an Old Testament imagery of tree, of a tree being uprooted, and when that imagery is is given, it speaks of God's judgment. Let me show you a few places. Back in the Old Testament, Psalm fifty two, verse All I want you to see is that when you read about uprooted trees, it's speaking of judgment. Psalm 52 verse 5 says, but God will break you down forever. He will snatch you up and tear you away from your tents and uproot you from the land of the living. Now, in a Jewish setting in the Psalms, that's what he means. He will uproot you. There is judgment coming. It also says the same thing in Proverbs chapter 2 verse 22. Where we read, but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. So the imagery of 
pulling up by the root speaks of God's judgment. And Jesus himself spoke of this. Matthew 15, verse 13, he said, Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be uprooted. Once again, the same symbolic imagery of judgment. Now, why does Jude describe apostates as uprooted and ready for judgment? Because they're fruitless. They bear no fruit. There's no spiritual fruit coming from them. There's no godly character coming from them. And the reason they are fruitless is because they are lifeless. And being lifeless, they are dead and will be uprooted and destroyed in eternal judgment. An apostate will not be saved. An apostate will not be saved. So why are apostates so dangerous to us? As believers, because they're spiritually dead men who claim to be teaching others the Bible, which is amazing. Yet the Bible says that the unsaved man cannot understand spiritual truth. But listen, here's the danger. There are so many people, many who are Christians, but undiscerning Christians who will listen to men like this spout errors and they don't even know it. They support ministries like this. They send money to ministries like this. They watch ministries like this. They tell others about ministries like this. Why? Why would a Christian listen and be duped into thinking that this man really knows what he's talking about? Because so often these teachers mention Jesus. They speak about praying to God. They talk about some biblical truth. They smile a lot. They're very charming but they never preach the, the life-giving message of salvation in Christ. Never. Let me give you a name here, because I know that's what you want anyway. But this is important, because it warns you about people like this. Why is it that so many Christians like, and they really do, Robert Schuller? He's extremely popular. Why do they like him when, listen, he does not preach the gospel? In fact... He defines sin as having a bad self-image. He says his view of Christianity is positive thinking, which he calls possibility thinking. But he says that there's a need for a new reformation in which people see how worthy they are, how valuable they are. Listen, if that's what a person thinks about sin, then he doesn't have a clue as to what it means to be saved from the penalty of sin, the necessity of salvation in Christ. Salvation then is just think well about yourself, get a good self-image. That's not the gospel. And yet I know, I know that there are many genuine believers who love this man, but he is, like so many others, like a fruitless tree. And those who listen to him hear messages that, that have no godliness and no fruit to them. Just barren and lifeless Sentimental stuff about being positive. Don't waste your time on that. Don't waste your time. Certainly don't support a ministry like that. Don't tell others to listen. Listening to that kind of teaching is a waste of time and it's detrimental to you. You ought to be listening to the Word of God. It is lifeless teaching. So Jude has compared apostates to hidden reefs, to clouds without water. Now he says they are dead fruitless trees. The fourth word picture from the world of nature that Jude uses to describe how dangerous apostates are is that he compares these men to wild waves of the sea. 
Verse 13 starts off this way. While waves of the sea casting up their own shame like foam. I told you this was very vivid language, very eloquent, very lively language. Jude says that apostates are like continually surging waves of the sea. That's very graphic, very picturesque. But it's not intended to be a compliment. Not a compliment in the sense that that surfers like it when the waves in the ocean are high and they come in crashing. What Jude is referring to is that apostates are like the wild waves of the sea in the sense that they are unrestrained and wild in their passions and appetites. Now, both Peter as well as Jude have already mentioned that apostates tend to be immoral and sensual. And that's what he's talking about here, because he goes on to say that they cast up their own shame like In other words, the picture here is that as waves crash up along the beach, they leave behind debris and filth. So apostates deposit shameful deeds that all can see and be exposed to. Jude may well have been thinking of Isaiah 57 verse 20 when he penned these words. Isaiah 57 verse 20 says this, but the wicked are like the tossing seas which cannot rest, whose waves cast up mire and mud. Same imagery. Same imagery. So what kind of shameful deeds do apostates deposit in the lives of of others? We've already mentioned immoral behavior. I think that's primarily what Jude has in mind. But there's also blasphemous words against God, against Christ, against the Bible, against the gospel. And folks, that's why they are so dangerous to you. Don't expose your minds to to men that speak and do shameful things. Be more discerning than that. They are like crashing waves and they are eloquent and charming and they will win you over with their style, but they're simply depositing filth in your mind. So Judas told us, That apostates, number one, are like hidden reefs, so be careful, or they will damage your faith by taking advantage of you. They will make shipwreck your faith. They are like clouds without water, so be careful because they will leave you terribly disappointed by promising you solutions only to give you none. They are like dead fruitless trees, so be careful because they speak lifeless words because they are lifeless, though sometimes very smooth and charming in their delivery. They are like wild waves of the sea, so be careful because they will deposit all kinds of shameful deeds and errors into your life. Now, there is a fifth and final word picture that Jude uses to describe how dangerous apostates are. He compares them to wandering stars or shooting stars. Verse 13 goes on to say, wandering stars... For whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. I don't think there's a more scary description of the end of apostates as this. Reserved forever, black darkness. But from the raging waves of the sea, Jude now calls us to look up. To look up into the stars and the heavens as he compares apostates to wandering stars. Now, what Jude is thinking about 
is the fact that, that unlike fixed stars, there are fixed stars that help mariners navigate their ships. There also are stars that shoot across the sky. He may have in mind meteors, maybe, but maybe just meaning shooting stars that shoot across the sky and then they disappear into the darkness forever. They're of no help to anybody. Jude says that apostates are just like these wandering stars in that they come on the scene briefly, enlighten the world for a moment, and then they move on to the eternal darkness of hell. Here's how one Bible teacher described the point that that Jude is making. He said, like these false erratic stars which flash across the sky in brilliance for a moment and then disappear into an eternal night, false teachers also rise and fall. In a few brief moments of brightness, they attract many people to their false light only to vanish suddenly into eternal darkness. Now, folks, based on what Jude has told us here, there are two important truths that we need to consider. First of all, Understand that some apostates, while they may appear to be very popular right now, will eventually fade away. They may be on television. They may have books that that bring in a lot of money. They may be very popular, but they will eventually fade away and no one in a few years will care about them. Nobody will care about them. Nobody. There have been many men in history who have preached false doctrine, and the people of their day absolutely loved them. They were popular. They were adored by their followers. But you know what? Nobody cares about them now. Nobody even knows about them anymore. If they wrote books, they're just collecting dust in libraries. Nobody really cares. On the other hand, those who were faithful to the Word of God, if their sermons were put in print or they wrote books, and they're available, they are still giving light to God's people. Still doing that. Their books are not collecting dust. Somebody's reading them. If not you, some pastor, some scholar, and passing that information on to you. So understand that someone may be very popular now, but they will pass into oblivion in the darkness of night. Secondly, notice that Jude says that the final destiny of apostates is black darkness forever. What a, what a horrible description. I can't think of a more horrible description of hell than that. Darkness forever. Utter, absolute darkness without any light and no hope whatsoever of ever seeing the light for all of eternity. Just think about it. You go into a dark room and it it looks so dark, but your eyes eventually adjust. There's always some light. Not, Not in hell. Not in hell. Jude speaks of the darkness, the black darkness, the darkest of darkness forever. A person in hell will never have their eyes adjust to the light. There is no light there. Listen, the point is don't follow men like these because they only give off a little glimmer of light just for a brief time, and then they go into darkness for eternity, and you don't want to follow them there. Now, Jude has given us five word pictures that vividly describe apostates and reveal, frankly, just how dangerous they are to God's people. But it is very interesting that, by contrast, the Bible uses language to describe 
Jesus Christ as the complete opposite of these apostates. Years ago in his commentary on Jude, Bible teacher Max Coder described this contrast between Christ and the apostates. Here's what he said. Speaking of Christ, he is the rock of our salvation. They are hidden rocks, threatening shipwreck to the faith. He comes with clouds to refresh his people forever. They are clouds which do not even bring temporary refreshment or blessing. He's a tree of life. They are trees of death. He leads beside still waters. They are like the restless troubled sea. He's the bright and morning star heralding the coming day. They are wandering stars presaging a night of eternal darkness. Folks, follow those who teach the truth about Christ, not those who distort and deny the Lord and his word. And be very careful to make sure that you are a genuine Christian yourself so that you don't end up in darkness forever. Let's bow for prayer. As we're quiet before the Lord, I I, I just want to warn you about who you read and who you listen to, don't be so naive as to think that somebody's teaching you the Bible because they mention a Bible verse or they say the name Jesus. See if they're really explaining Scripture to you. So many undiscerning Christians who don't seem to to really pick up on who's a false teacher. They deny the gospel. They're not preaching the gospel of salvation. Then they are truly false teachers. True teachers teach that salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone. False teachers never preach that. They preach themselves. They preach good works as a way to get to heaven. They preach all kinds of things, but they never preach the gospel. Be discerning. Father, thank you for warning us from Jude about how dangerous apostates are. Lord, I I realize that sometimes this seems like it's so irrelevant to us, far removed from us, but it's really not. We we all know people who um, are so gullible as to listen to men like this and think that they're good Bible teachers. I pray that you will protect us as a church body from false teachers, from apostates. I pray that you'll protect us as we... Uh, read books, as we listen to radio, as we listen to television and hear uh, these preachers. I pray that you will, Lord, help us to be discerning and uh, to understand the issues and to uh, make men prove that they're really valid Bible teachers. Lord, we, um, we pray that you will help us to um, just guard our minds, our hearts, and to be settled on your word and to understand the horrors of error. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.